All right, Hebrews chapter 4. The book of Hebrews um, is full of marvelous truths. Some things uh, can be hard to be understood when you read the book of Hebrews. And uh, you think, who's he talking to here? And what's he saying here? And what does this kind of mean here? And a lot of those questions are asked, not only with certain passages in scriptures, but certain things in the book of Hebrews specifically. We're not told exactly who uh, the author was of Hebrews. Well, we know it was inspired by the Holy Ghost. And uh, so we're thankful that we can take it as the Word of God and we can receive it as the Word of God. And there's been a particular phrase that had come to my mind over the last few days. And it's a phrase I want to bring to our attention here. Um, what we're going to be looking at in Hebrews chapter 4. And look with me there from verse 1. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, let's back it up in chapter 3. Let's just read from verse 7. And as we come to chapter 4, I'll point out the phrase. So from verse 7 in chapter 3, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. So bring. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened, notice this, through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. Look at this two-letter word, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them, notice these words, that believed not. So we see that they could not, could not enter in because of unbelief. Now, chapter 4, let us therefore, let us therefore fear. That's something that's very rare today, found amongst the congregation of God. 
Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Now this is it. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. The phrase that kept coming to my mind in verse 2 was that yes, the gospel that was preached to us and they heard it and the word that was preached did not profit them. Why did it not profit them? Is the word unprofitable? Is the gospel unprofitable? Is the gospel ineffective? Does it have no power? No, the problem is not with the message. The problem is not with the gospel. The problem is not with the word of God and with the ways of God. The problem is, is what was heard was not mixed with faith. And therefore, it did not profit them. They heard but they did not believe, hearing, but not believing. And that was the downfall of many in ages past and even in our day to day. Hearing, but not believing. Hearing, but not believing. Why Hebrews can be sometimes hard to be understood is because he is addressing brethren. And so when he is addressing brethren, the assumption in our minds is he is addressing born again believers. But the reality in the book of Hebrews and what we see even throughout scripture that even amongst genuine believers, there are those that profess to be believers, but have not yet genuinely been born again. And so Paul addressing, to use a phrase from Scripture, a mixed multitude at times, not knowing who's genuinely born again and not knowing uh, those that simply have a mere profession, is addressing something that is, is clear throughout the book of Hebrews, referring to something we would call apostasy. Now, apostasy is something that is applied to those that have heard the word of God, that understand the doctrines of the faith, that know the gospel, they've even seen the grace of God, that have been present there physically when the working of God has been manifest in their midst. They've heard it, but they themselves have not genuinely believed. It was not mixed with faith. And therefore you see ones like this departing from the faith. Having an evil heart of unbelief, even though they may be in the midst of a believing people, they themselves had an evil heart of unbelief. And at the right time, you see them depart from the living God. 
And this is why I say sometimes the book of Hebrews is saying, who is he talking to? What, he, what, is it, what does he mean here? What he's addressing here thoroughly and effectively is, yes, is the completeness of the sacrifice found in Jesus Christ. One sacrifice for sin forever. There will be no other sacrifice. And if you have not embraced that sacrifice, if you are not washed by that blood, if you have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, then my friend, you are not saved. And although you may be in the midst of a Bible-believing people, although you may be in the midst of a genuine born-again congregation, but you in yourself within still have this evil heart of unbelief. You have heard, you have heard, you have heard, but what you have heard is still not yet mixed with faith. It's not been mixed with faith. It's not yet been mingled as the idea, uh, as what, it, what, is, uh, what it's teaching us. Hearing the word is one thing. Believing it is something completely different. And this was the downfall. And this is what the Hebrew writer is addressing. You know why these ones are departing from the faith. You know why it is impossible to renew them again unto salvation. It's not because they didn't hear. It's not because they didn't completely understand as such. It was because what they heard was not mixed with faith. They never truly believed. And became to such a state, as it says in Hebrews chapter 5, where they became dull of hearing. They were slothful in hearing. In other words, they had no heart to hear it anymore. They were there in the midst. They see it as Hebrews 6. They tasted of it. They bore witness of it. They're aware of it. But there came a point in time in their life where they didn't want to hear it anymore. And what they heard was never mixed with faith and the next verse likens faith to believing and the bible teaches us that in essence as we read and, and and understand something about the scripture about faith and believing they're often used synonymously they're saying the same thing and so my friend are you here this morning and you have heard and you have heard and you have heard but what you have heard has not yet been mixed with faith it's not yet been mixed with faith when something is mixed i should have organized this a little bit earlier and i'm going to go get it now and i don't know about you but pictures help me at times and it's something very very simple it's not something uh, difficult to be understood when we talk about something being mixed and illustrations can be sometimes not perfectly uh, illustrated at times, but I believe this one here will be sufficient to illustrate what it means to mix what you hear with faith. This is what you hear. This is faith. And the problem oftentimes is we can keep hearing and hearing and hearing but it's not until you mix it with faith where it becomes effective. Now, I want to ask you this simple question. Can these two that have been mixed be separated anymore? No. 
it's been mixed with faith. You have believed. And this is the simple understanding. When I hear the word of God, God is wanting your faith to be mixed with it. He wants you to believe what you're hearing. And when it is mixed, it cannot be separated anymore and this is where basically again throughout the scriptures we see the teaching that if you have the son you have life when you're saved you belong to him and nothing can separate you your faith was mixed with the word of God now these people that 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 the Hebrew writer is warning against and warning and this is why I pointed out that two letter word if now, he's not simply trying to imply that you need to maintain some sort of good works to assure your salvation. But what he's simply saying is this. If you have not mixed what you hear with faith, well, then guess what's going to happen? There's going to come one point in time in your life where what appears to be the fruit of salvation is going to come to a stop and your true colors are going to be manifest. And this idea and teaching we see in scripture of continuing after you believe is going to show out that you never really did believe. Because what you heard was not mixed with faith. You hear it, you hear it, you hear it, but you have not believed. And so therefore, ye will not enter into that rest. This is what the Hebrew writer is addressing. What we see here in, in, in chapter 1, uh, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4, uh, chapter 4 verse 1, where it talks about lest any of you should seem to come short of it. The idea of being short of it is to be destitute or to be deficient deficient of it and you and I know what it means to be deficient of a thing and if we are deficient of a thing then we need that thing so we are no longer deficient of it and so what's happening here is because faith has not been mixed with the word or the gospel specifically that has been preached then those that have not mixed faith with the gospel that has been preached are deficient of its effect and therefore it is of no profit to them. The Bible teaches us that the gospel is a savour of life unto life for some. You know why? Because what they heard was mixed with faith, but it's a savour of death unto death for others. You know why? Because they've come short of it. They're deficient. They have not believed with all their heart. Have they heard? Yes. Have they seen? Yes. Have they themselves bore witness of the working of God? Yes. But they have not believed. They have not believed. And this is why ones like this uh, make evidence of showing forth someone that doesn't have a heart for God that doesn't have a heart for his word, that does not love the gospel of Jesus Christ because they themselves have not believed. They have not yet mixed the faith with what they have heard. Are you here this morning and have not yet mixed faith with what Jesus did for you? 
and what Jesus is calling you to do, that is to repent and believe the gospel. You see, in the Bible times here, the preaching of the cross and the preaching of Christ was not something like you and I hear week in and week out. This was a message they had never really heard before. What do you mean the Messiah has come? Where's the kingdom? Now the Messiah has come and you have killed the Prince of Life. And if you don't repent and believe on that Jesus, then you'll never be saved. This was a message that was foreign to them. This was a message that to them, to some was a stumbling block, but to others they wanted to hear more of it. But in our day and age, oh, Jesus died for everyone. Yeah, everyone knows that. And so this is why it's become just like everything else that we hear, just another perhaps detail or fact or story of life. But in this day, this was a big thing. And if any was going to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, especially amongst the Jews, well, brothers and sisters, that meant for them it was at the risk of their own life. It was at the risk of of excommunication being cast out from the assembly. And that's why for those that believed, you can see it by their life. And that's why for those that were perhaps in the midst, and maybe I would even say counting the cost, deferred not to mix faith with what they heard and departed from the living God. This is why... Hebrews warns and why exhorts us to exhort one another daily. Because we don't know who in the midst has believed and has not believed. There are many that can testify, I believe. There are many that are very evident upon them that they have believed. You can see the fruit of the Spirit of God upon them. You can see the fruit of salvation being manifest in their life. You can see the work of God being shown forth from within them coming out. But there are some in the midst that you and I know that fly under the radar, so to speak, and they fly under under the lingo of Christianity and they know what to say and they know how to talk Christianese, so to speak, and they fly under the radar, masquerading themselves to be believers. But within themselves, there is what the Bible calls an evil heart of unbelief. Not yet born again. Have not yet believed. And for those ones, the Bible says, you shall not enter into that rest. When we think about hearing in the idea and context of here, what we're talking about, hearing the word of God, don't harden your heart. When you hear it, don't harden. The exhortation is hear it and receive it. And this is the idea that's presented in scripture. When it's talking about hear it, it's the idea of hear it to receive it. Hear it and receive it, not just hear it and leave it there. For the Christian even, we are exhorted not to simply be hearers only, but doers of what we hear. It's a constant teaching we see throughout Scripture in that what we hear, we ought to receive, we ought to believe. We think about the wise man and the foolish man, the one that built his house upon the sand and the one that built his house upon the rock. What was the difference? The one that built his house upon the the sand heard it but never believed it but the other one that heard it 
received it and did it. And that was the one that had his house built upon the rock. And that when the test came, when the test came, both heard, but the true heart was revealed under the right testing. And that's what we see today. Have you ever, you know what that's like? We have known someone that has professed to know Christ. We have perhaps fellowshiped and prayed or, or gone soul winning or whatever the case may be with, with certain ones that have professed to know Jesus and something takes place at one point in time and they just disappear. And, and, and it's like they've just left. And it's almost like you either never hear from them again or what you hear is that they have said, oh yeah, look man, I used to be that way, but I believe this now. And you think, what happened? What happened? You know what happened? They heard, they perhaps learnt the lingo, they tasted and saw what it looks like when God works and they, they, they perhaps fabricated something like it and tried to mimic the fruit of the Spirit. But under the right time, you know what? Their heart just came out to show that they never did truly believe. Some once preachers becoming atheists. Things like this taking place, you say, whoa, what's going on? You know what's going on? Hearing and hearing and hearing, but not mixed with faith. That's the danger of religiosity. That's the danger of religion. That's the danger of taking some sort of badge of identifying with Christianity, whether it's of a Bible believing or a false Christianity or any other false religion. It gives you a badge to wear but you have not yet been born again. And that's why within the very depths of the heart, you have heard, but have not believed. But the scriptures teach us that when you hear, it's the idea of hear to receive. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. I want us to see this. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> and when they heard... The gospel being preached. From verse 37. Now when they heard this, what, did, what were they hearing? They were hearing the preaching of Jesus Christ. Verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, and prior to this he was obviously preaching the gospel to them, they were, look at this, pricked in their heart. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the Pardon me, the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort them, exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then look at this. Then they that gladly, what's that? Received his word were baptized and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls and look what happened and they continued they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking in bread and in prayers and what happened fear 
came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common. And so we see this hearing uh, used in, 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 in connection with receiving and we see hearing and receiving used in connection with verse 44 of believing and so this is why we see again through the scriptures when you hear it's the idea here to receive here to believe hear the word and mix it with faith that it may be profitable unto you that you would be profited by what you hear you can hear it and hear it and hear it. But if you don't believe it, it's of none effect in your life. This is what the scripture is teaching. And look how their lives changed. They had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. What we see for those who have truly heard, for those that have truly received, for those that have truly believed, for those that have mixed faith with the gospel, this thing of continuing accompanies that. They are not characterized and will never be found to be someone who will apostatize, someone who will depart from the living God. This is the teaching of Scripture. Someone who continues. But there's an opposite response found in Acts chapter 7. Turn to Acts chapter 7 and notice this. You had Stephen preaching to the Sanhedrin, to this council that was brought before him. They didn't like the fact that he was teaching and healing in the name of Jesus and causing many to turn to Christ. And they brought him in and accused him falsely. And what he started to do was preach the word of God to them. And he took them from the very beginning and explained to them how God sent a messenger and deliverer with a message and you rejected him. And God sent another messenger and a message a uh, messenger with a message to deliver you and you rejected him and God sent another messenger with a message to deliver you and you rejected him and this was the theme of his sermon to this Sanhedrin and then he turns and make application to them and he says to them where is it found here <clears throat> he says in verse 51 ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ease. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one of you of whom Ye have now been the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. You know what he's saying? You have heard it. You have heard it. You have, excuse me. They have heard it. They have heard it. They have heard it. And they rejected it and rejected it and rejected it. And you are doing the same thing. You stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ease. And it says in verse 54, look at this. When they heard these things, it's not that they didn't hear what he was saying, they heard. 
They got what he was saying. They were cut to the heart. Acts chapter 2, they said, what shall we do? Acts chapter 7, look what they did. They gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man, again Jesus, standing on the right hand of God. Now notice verse 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord, took him out of the city and stoned him. You know what these people were? Not so much those like in Hebrews where they were amongst the congregation and they were seeing it and they were getting it and getting it. Not to that full extent, but what I want us to see here is a people that can hear. They can hear, but are not hearing. You know what I'm saying? They're hearing, but they're not believing. And when they heard and when they understood what he was saying, instead of being humbled and responding and receiving the rebuke and the correction and the gospel, they hardened their heart and they stopped their ears and they killed him. They killed him. They did not mix faith with what they were hearing because they did not want to hear it. And some are clearly in this case. And when certain ones are in this stage here, they hear it, but they don't want it. It's easy to discern. But this is the response we see. But the more subtle sort is those that are hearing it and they appear to be receiving it, but they're not receiving it. And they appear to be believing it, but they're not believing it. And they look like they're getting it because they're still in the midst. But they still have an evil heart of unbelief and have not yet mixed faith with what they have heard. Acts chapter 10. I want us to see again this matter of when you hear, it's connected with receiving and believing. Acts chapter 10, when Peter had come to the house of Cornelius, now God was about to show the world how salvation has come to the Gentiles. I want the Gentiles to be my people, my people, which the Jews did not appreciate, the Jews did not like. But Acts chapter 10, when, when the gospel now come to the house of Cornelius, and again, Peter was preaching Jesus. And look at verse 44 excuse me, verse 43, to him give all the prophets witness and through his name, Jesus, that only name given amongst men whereby we must be saved and through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Now notice verse 44, and why Peter, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which what? Heard the word. These are the ones that have believed. They heard, they received, they believed. They mixed faith with what they heard. And what they heard profited them. What they heard brought the gospel in effect in their life and they were saved and the Holy Ghost fell on them. 
This is why when it's talking about when you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. When you hear it, receive it. And you've heard it, and you've heard it, and you've heard it, but when are you going to believe it? And you've heard it and heard it and heard it, but when are you going to mix your faith with the message? When are you going to put your faith in Jesus? When are you going to trust Him to save you from your sins? When are you going to do it? Don't be like these certain ones that will come short, that will remain deficient. And one day it will be exposed. In that day especially, before the Son of God. You see, there are many things that stop people from mixing faith with what they hear. And one of those things, as already read and mentioned, is found in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13, come back there with me. I want us to see this. Exhort one another, like Peter exhorted them to receive Christ. Like, people, like, like we're exhorted to follow Christ, to give your life to Christ constantly. Even those that are saved, we exhort them to give your heart, give your life to God. And exhort one another, right? Verse 13, but exhort one another daily. Daily. That's how badly we all need it. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know, that's one reason why people don't mix their faith with what they hear. It's not that what they hear, they're not agreeing with, they're agreeing with it. It's not that what they hear, they're not understanding, they're understanding it. But the reason why they have not mixed faith with what they hear is because they are taken by the deceitfulness of sin there's something about sin that they still want there's something about sin on any level sin of any kind sin in any form that is summarized under unbelief that they have not yet let go to believe on the lord jesus christ it is the deceitfulness of sin the deceitfulness is the idea of a delusion it's the idea of misleading the mind, convincing yourself of something that's not the case. You are deceived, taken by a false thing. And because of the deceitfulness of sin, many have hardened their hearts to the message. You know why? Because they want to make provision for the flesh. They want to make room for their sin. They want to continue in their own ways, whatever they may look like. Some may seem more pious than others, but it is all summarized under sin and unbelief and the deceitfulness of it has kept those in bondage from mixing faith with what they hear, from not yet trusting Jesus to save them from it. It's the deceitfulness of sin that people think, I can't get over it. Oh, I'm in bond I, I, I just can't stop this. Oh, no, I, I, can, I can control this in moderation. Whatever it is, this is what sin does. Sin deceives you to think that you can't be delivered from it. And sin deceives you to think that you've got a grip of it. 
Whatever the deception is, it's a deception nonetheless. And that deception, the deceitfulness of sin, is going to keep your soul in bondage all the way to hell. Doesn't matter how much you've heard. Doesn't matter how much you've understood. Doesn't matter how much you agree with the message. It's not until you repent of your sin and trust Jesus to save you from it. Only then will the word profit you. Will the word profit you. Moses, the Bible tells us, chose. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He did not want to be identified with Egypt. He says he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The pleasures of sin for a season. And Moses made a decision. I don't want sin and I don't want its pleasures. I don't care if it's going to cost me affliction with the people of God. I would rather that than be taken by the deceitfulness of sin. And if you here, my friend, are sitting here today and you are still taken by the deceitfulness of sin, you think you can't be delivered from it, or you think you've got a grip on it, you're deceived. You're deceived. And you're, un you're in unbelief. And that evil heart abides in you. You see, the this, this, this here is based on an account that took place in the Old Testament. On took place when God told them, this is the promised land that I have for you. I want you to go in and possess it. And so there were 12 spies that went up to spy out the land because there was certain question about the land. So they 12 were chosen and went out to spy the land. And when they came back, the Bible tells us in Numbers 10 had an evil report and only two had the report of faith. Joshua and Caleb were saying, this is it. Look at the blessing. Look at the fullness. Look at these things. Let's go up and take it at once. You know why they're saying that? Because God said, let's go up and take it. But the 10 said, no, 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 no. I'm paraphrasing here, but no, 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 no. There are giants in the land, the sons of Anak. You know who they are. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And that evil report caused the people of God, Israel, to have an evil heart of unbelief. And they murmured, oh, would that we would have stayed in Egypt. What do you mean that you would have stayed in Egypt? What do you mean that you would have stayed in bondage? What do you mean you would have stayed bound like that? What are you talking about? And they murmured against God. And the Bible says in Numbers 14 that it displeased the Lord, that his wrath was kindled against them. An evil heart of unbelief was the cause of a generation from 20 years old up. It caused them not to enter into the rest that God had for them. And with this theme and with this picture in mind, God is saying, do not believe the evil report that will cause your heart to be in unbelief. But when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart because that's what they did. And this is what the scripture is basically saying. What does it mean to harden? Well, you're not believing it. And the more you hear it, 
The more you don't believe, the more you're going to harden your heart. Especially if you come to the place when you hear it and you hear it and you hear it. And you come to the place of Hebrews chapter 5 verse 15 where you become dull of hearing. The word dull is slothful, slack. In other words, I don't have a heart to hear it anymore. I'm sick of hearing this. I've heard this all my life. You shoved it down my throat. They're the ones that will not enter into that rest. Because they never mixed faith with what they heard, but chose rather to harden their heart instead of hearing the word. And those are the ones that will never enter into rest. So when you hear, believe. And Hebrews 4 verse 11 says, Look, learn from this example, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. God told us to do this. The evil report says we're like grasshoppers in their sight. You know what the report of faith says? They're like grasshoppers in God's sight. God said it, I believe it. That's what faith is. That's practically mixing faith with what you hear. That's practically mixing faith with the gospel. That's practically believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. I receive it. I believe. That's one of the things that keep people from mixing faith. And there are four things I want to make mention. And, and if you want to turn there, you can. But I'm just going to make mention of it for the sake of time. And I want us to listen. And if you want the scriptures, you can come and grab them after. But I want us to see or present four. I want to, I want to give you four things that will show furthermore, other than what was already said, Someone that can manifest or what the scripture teaches about a heart that has truly believed versus one who has not mixed their faith with what they've heard and simply have a profession and that's about it. They profess to be a Christian, they profess to be believers, but still are abiding with an evil heart of unbelief. The first thing I want us to think about that will expose this heart is time. Time. And there are two things that come to mind in time, but I want us to understand this also. There's a connection and a fruit of those that have truly believed, of those that have truly mixed faith with what they have heard. And it's the word that comes to mind in the Bible word of continuing, of continuing. And those that have genuinely believed will always believe. And those that have genuinely believed and are born again will continue to believe. And those that have genuinely believed will continue in the faith. And this is why when we read of things that seem to think, if I continue, then I'm a child of God. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's simply saying that's what's going to show out those that simply had a mere profession and those that actually mix faith with what they heard. You see them continue unto the end. And time shows this to be true. We read it in Acts chapter 2 when they believed, they continued. And we see those that have genuinely believed in Scripture will continue. Jesus even said these words in John chapter 8 to the Jews that believed on Him. And He says, if ye continue in my word, 
then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Time will show it out when those that have maybe prayed a prayer, but no fruit, there's no continuing in his word. Those that have maybe, maybe made some profession of faith that, yes, I believe in Jesus, and they can tell you the fundamentals or doctrines of the faith, but there's no continuing in the word. They can relay certain Bible truths, but there's no continuing manifest in their life, my friend. Perhaps you are in danger, in danger of still abiding with an evil heart of unbelief and of not yet come to the place of mixing your faith with what you've heard. You have not yet believed. You know how you haven't? You have not continued in His Word. It's a sharp distinction. But time shows this to be true. And connection with time manifesting an evil heart of unbelief that still abides with those that may have a profession, not only time exposes this, but troubles. Troubles expose this out to be true. I want us to see Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Now we see here a theme coming through. And the theme coming through and the point of these parables of the seeds is that there are four soils here and there were seeds that were planted and three did not bring forth fruit and one of only one of them fell on good ground and brought forth fruit. In other words, this was the one that profited. This was the one that was effectual, that fell on the good ground. And in Matthew chapter 13, notice this here, in the second soil, but he that... Pardon me, <clears throat> received the seed in stony places. The same is he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath it not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word. By and by, he is offended. And so when time and trouble come and prove a person and their heart, you know what it shows out? Whether their profession is true or whether it's simply a profession. And the heart that is believed, the faith that has been mingled and mixed with the Word of God that have believed the Gospel, that are genuinely born again, they will continue in His Word, like Jesus said, no matter the cost. No matter the cost. But for those that simply have a mere profession, they receive it with joy. Yeah, I prayed and, 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 and their joy. But when after a little while, they dureth for a while. They were there for some time. But persecution and tribulation, trials and came their way. And you know what happened? Zoop. You know what happened? Bye-bye. You know what happened? They walk no more with Jesus. You know why? Because they did not mingle. They did not mix faith with the gospel therefore it did not profit them they were hearing but not believing time will expose it trouble will expose it 
You know what else exposes it? Treasure. Treasures. You know what exposes the heart of a person? What are you following after? You cannot serve two masters. We have an account found in Scripture of a rich young man who kept the commandments from his youth up according to his own profession, but he loved his money more than God. He trusted in his riches more than he did God. And therefore, when the gospel came as it were, when the word was given, when the instruction was given, do this and follow me, the heart was exposed. And you know what it showed? Didn't really have a heart to it. Had an evil heart of unbelief in Christ because he trusted in his riches. And in that context, Matthew 19, he says, Verily Jesus said, I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven, even though this rich man believed he was going to enter in. He says, and again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. There's another parable found in Luke chapter 12 of a foolish man that had many riches and had great gain. And so he tore down his barns to build bigger barns. And because mate, he was, it was, it was, he was resting in those things that he was, he was this increase in riches that he was gaining. God said to the man, he says, you're a fool. You are a fool. He says, don't you know that your, your soul can be required of you? Your soul is required of you this day. And the Bible says, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Treasures show out where the heart of a person really is, where your treasure is. There will your heart be also. With the same idea, Jesus says this. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his own soul? And then he goes on to say, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, riches, treasures really show out the heart of a person, whether they want to, as the scripture says again, that they want to lay up treasure for himself. Or in Acts chapter 2, mate, they have these things ready to distribute. You know why they're ready to distribute it? Because that's what God has done in their life since they've believed. But those that have treasure as their God and have a simply mere profession of Christ, their life will show out where their heart really is and you know what that's what they give in exchange for their soul <clears throat> there's an account of a rich man found in luke chapter 16. i want us to turn there luke chapter 16. and i want us to see something here a marvelous thing for those that know this portion of scripture know that this is about a man named Lazarus and a, a rich man, the Bible says. And one ended up in the place of rest. And the other ended up in a place called hell, a place of torments. 
And there are many things there that we can touch on, but one thing I want us to see, even in light of hearing and not believing and trusting in riches, notice with me <clears throat> in verse 20, let's read from verse 20, uh, 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now notice verse 25. And Abraham said, Son, remember that, that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things you had riches you had good things and likewise Lazarus evil things now he is comforted and thou art tormented and beside all this <clears throat> between us uh, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence it's eternal it's forever then he said i pray thee therefore father that thou wouldest send him to my father's house for i have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they come unto this place of torment abraham said unto him notice these words they have moses and the prophets let them, what's that word? He, them. He, them. This is in reference, Moses and the prophets is a summary in terms of the scriptures, in terms of things that are preached. Let them, he, them. And he said, nay, Father Abram, but if one went unto them from the dead, look at these words, they will, what's that word? Repent. Let me ask you this. How do you know you needed to repent, rich man? You see, it's not that the rich man didn't hear it. It's not that the rich man didn't understand it. The problem with the, with the rich man is that he did not mix faith with what he heard. And he had his reward and ended up in hell. How foolish. What shall it profit? This is what this man gave in exchange for his soul treasures often show out the heart of a person and last but not least <clears throat> the final test the day of judgment the day of judgment is going to expose it all once and for all and you know the passage of scripture matthew chapter 7 matthew chapter 7 is showing an account of people that appear to be believers, that appear not only to endure or dureth for 
not just a little while, but even to that day where they're standing before God in judgment. It appears there are these ones that are naming the name of Christ and they're naming it and did some sort of works for him until the day of judgment. And in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21, it says, get this, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now John chapter 6 tells us what the will of the Father is. And it tells us, and the question is, Lord, what's the work of God that we should do it? Then Matthew chapter 6, Jesus answered them and he said, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. I want you to believe on Jesus and this is what it means that for those that did not do the will of the father for the will of the father is to believe on the son that you might be saved but it goes on to say Matthew chapter 7 many will say unto me in that day Lord Lord have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works and I will profess unto them yes that's right Joanne I never knew you. I never knew you. Please hear those words. I never knew you. Can you hear the words? You who still abide with an evil heart of unbelief, I never knew you. Depart from me. Ye that work iniquity. And so the final test is going to really show where everyone stood with God. My friend, it's not worth it to be intimidated by perhaps afflictions that may come for you to just flee from mixing faith and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ no matter the cost. We see the faith and courage that was given to those, to, to, to them that believed, for those that once cowered with absolute courage that they never had once before, now standing even unto the death for the name of Christ. Why? Because Christ gave them a spirit, not of fear, not one of a coward, but one of power, of love and of a sound mind, a heart that would continue in His word. My friend, it is far better to embrace Christ and to be subject to what man can do to your body rather than to fall into the hands of the living God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And we see in Matthew chapter 7 and we see it in many other places of Scripture that one day those that may have endured to, the, to, to such an end of, to the day of judgment will one day be exposed and be found out. Hey, you're a thief and never truly did enter into the only door whereby you can be saved. You heard it, you heard it, you heard it, but you hardened your heart. And you hardened your heart. And you hardened your heart. And you know what? You became dull of hearing. And you know what? You sat there. And in your heart there was a... Oh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it.
Don't come short of the promise. Don't be destitute of salvation. The gospel. The gospel is preached that Jesus died for you. That you could be saved from your sins and nothing you can do can earn that. You cannot deliver yourself from your sins. You cannot break the bondage of your own sin that you are a slave to. Jesus, by His Spirit alone, can do that. Yeah. If you would come to Him and believe on Him with your whole heart, no reserves to be saved, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want us to close off in John chapter 3 and this is the last portion, portion of scripture that we'll turn to. Speaking to a man, you must be born again. Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about, Nicodemus? You're, you're a teacher, you're a master and you don't know what I'm talking about? Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. It's not a physical birth, it's a spiritual birth. He wants you to be born of the Spirit. And he goes on to say plainly further on in John chapter 3, that when you look to Jesus and believe on Him, you will live, you will not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 15, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Brothers and sisters, you're hearing the gospel. You're hearing the simplicity of coming to Jesus and believing on him to be saved. And God does not want us to be like Thomas and the other disciples, faithless. He wants us to be believing, believing. You know, in Mark chapter 16, at the end of the gospel there, there's a detail in scripture there that, that, that is very interesting. Jesus appeared to Mary after he rose again. And Mary went to tell the disciples and others that Jesus is risen. And it says they didn't hear her. They didn't believe what she said. And then others came and told the two that he walked with to Emmaus, I believe it was, came and told the disciples about Jesus or two others, whether it was Peter uh, 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 or another that told the disciples that he is risen and they didn't believe. And the Bible tells us in, in, in Mark chapter 16, I think in verse 16 or verse 15, that Jesus upbraided the, the 11. He rebuked them because they did not receive what they were hearing. 
And then we see perhaps a glimpse of what that upbraiding would have looked like. And I believe we see a glimpse of it in John chapter 20 with what he said to Thomas. Thomas, don't be faithless, but believing. You who have seen have believed, but blessed are they who have not seen and believe. You know why I believe he rebuked that heart that is hearing and didn't receive it? Because that's the same heart that goes hard. That's the same habit that hardens the heart. That's the same heart that God despises because that's the heart that doesn't receive the Word of God. And so God corrected it even in His disciples. And Acts chapter 28 tells us it's not that the gospel didn't come to the people of God, Israel. It came and they had ears to hear, but they didn't hear it. They had eyes to see, but they, they, they didn't see it. They, 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 they didn't perceive it. You know why? Because their heart was wax gross and they were dull of hearing. They did not want to hear it. And their heart went harder and harder and harder and harder to the point where they crucified Christ. Don't be like one of them this morning where you've heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it, but you have not yet trusted in Jesus. Don't be like one of these ones that are flying under the radar, convincing others, at least you think, when God can see straight into the heart and He knows there's an evil heart that still resides there. Oh, would you come to Jesus and only trust Him? Only trust Him. That's all you've got to do. He has died to save you from your sin. Would you come and trust Him? You have heard it and heard it and heard it. But today, would you mix what you hear with faith? Forsake the deceitfulness of sin. Forsake the pleasures of this life. Forsake those things that you are making provision for and following after rather than giving your life to Christ. Brothers and sisters, my friends, he, what are you giving in exchange for your soul? What will stop you from trusting in Jesus this morning? Mix faith. Mix faith with the gospel, that you would be saved, that it would profit you, that you would not fall short of the promise. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's pray. <coughs> if you're here with us this morning, and you know it, and you know God is pounding on your heart, it's not the preacher pounding, it's God that's pounding. It's not your parents pounding, it's God that's pounding. It's not your friends that have been bothering you, it's God that's been bothering you. It's the Word, it's the truth, it's the Gospel. Please, please, if you're hearing it, harden not your heart. If you're being bothered and troubled, don't Harden your heart. You don't know when your soul will be required of you. 
And if you have been taken by the deceitfulness of sin, or whatever else for that matter, and you've been hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, and have not yet believed, I beg you this morning, would you come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sick of trying. Jesus, I'm sick of procrastinating. Jesus, I'm sick of putting these things before you, this thing that's stopping me from coming to you. I'm not going to let it stop me in it anymore. I'm not going to exchange my soul for this. I want to come to you. And I, know I don't deserve salvation, but I know what you did for me. Would you save a sinner like me? I know you died for me. And I trust you. Would you save me? Only trust him. Repent and believe. Call in upon the name of the Lord, my friend, and you will be saved.